0: Well, hello there. Welcome again to Eternity Podcast. My name is Janine and I'm your host for today. Today we are continuing part two of a Bible study teaching called Evidence of Bible Salvation by Dr. Amish. In part one, we were all left fearful and with very powerful questions that made us all tremble. But we trust in the Lord because in this teaching, he will help us understand those things and how we cannot fail in our preparedness. Let us listen.
1: If Jesus has promised so much, say so there must be something that is not right. Again, on one other occasion when he was giving instructions concerning the harvest that you are talking about, you've got it? On an... Another occasion when he was giving instructions concerning the harvest it says, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the, the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized. I mean, how can human beings argue about this? Somebody gets up and they say, It's not necessary to be baptized to be saved. Wow. They know better than Jesus. It says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Can there be any argument about this? But whoever does not believe will be condemned. Of course, if you do not believe, I mean, there's, the issue of baptism doesn't come in. And they claim that because he did not save, whoever does not believe and is not baptized will be condemned. Then it means that baptism is not essential. But if, if you are genuine and you want to believe the word of God, it's very clear there. It says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Essentially, Jesus was saying that believing the gospel and being baptized are required to be saved. So there's nothing like believing and not baptizing. Or there's nothing like believing and being baptized and not being saved. So if you have believed and you have been baptized, there must be evidence of being a believer. There must be evidence of salvation in your life. If you have believed... And if you have been baptized, there must be an evidence of salvation in your life. Now the question is, those who believe and are baptized, what are they saved from? This, this question becomes a central question in our salvation. In fact, if it is understood and taught, it will cut out all the weed and the toxic poison in, in, uh, in the Christianity at this hour. It will cut out all the deception, all the, all the junk teaching about grace, that grace permits us to sin and go to heaven. The Bible says, if you look critically at the Bible, we are saved from what? The guilt, the power, and the penalty of sin. So, so, <laughs> if someone says I am a believer then such a person has been saved from the power of sin from the guilt of sin and from the future penalty of sin we will not go into that today but when you talk about salvation this is what has happened. Salvation means that saved saved from what saved from sin what are the dimensions of sin the power of sin the guilt of sin and the future penalty of sin. So if we have been saved, if we are believers, why then are we not saved? Or why then do, do we find sin in the body of Christ? Or why then do we find sin with some Christians? And, and, and for us, the essential thing now is that well, I must move away. I must separate from sin completely if I want to be saved. So you can know it's not the size of your church. It's not what you believe, how how loud you shout in your prayers or in your prophecies, but whether there is evidence of salvation from the power of sin, the guilt of sin, and the penalty of sin if there is still sin in... The Bible says, for this purpose, the Son of God was revealed to destroy the works of the devil, which is to destroy the works of sin. The Bible says that whoever is is born of God does not sin because the seed of God remains in him. It says those who sin are the children of the devil. So how can a Christian sin? How can a Christian sin? Because the power of sin has been destroyed in our lives. That is, that, When we talk about salvation, in fact, if you look at salvation, it is all about sin. If you look about eternal life, the only thing that can take eternal life from a human being is sin. The only thing that can take a, a human being into everlasting destruction is sin. So Jesus came to deal with the issue of sin in our lives. And our attitude towards sin, is critical to our eternal salvation. And so you can see that we must understand what is sin and what is not sin. Different shades of sin, different forms of sin, we must understand them because we must must guard ourselves against that. So what is the evidence that someone is saved? What guilt does is that when someone is guilty, it makes a person hostile, against God or towards God but when there is salvation from the guilt of sin there is reconciliation to God. You can see that the person does not question or challenge the word of God. The person is no longer hostile to God and his word. The Bible says that before we were saved we were enemies of God. We hated him. In fact so much so that when Jesus came to save us we killed him. Because we hated him. We hated God. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He fed people who were hungry. He preached the good news. He showed us the way to the kingdom of heaven. So what wrong did he do that we should kill him? Because he is God. We hated him. That is the effect of sin. The effect of sin. Those who are free from the guilt of sin, they delight to walk in obedience. Their desire is to please the Lord. So why then are people kicking against the issue of obedience? You talk about obedience, there are pastors who will tell you that that is legalistic. That is works. There is liberty in Christ. Wow. 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 If you are saved from the power of sin we do not yield to the evil desires of the flesh to sin we do not love sin anymore, sin is no longer sweet, we are not attracted to or desire the things of the world and again when we talk about the things that defile the world the flesh, the tongue and false prophets and and sinful Christians, deception when someone is saved from the power of sin, they are no longer slaves to sin. They are able not to sin. So slaves are not able not to sin. But those who have been delivered are able not to sin. So it becomes a matter of the will, not of ability. So if you will, you will not sin. You are able not to sin. Yes. Slaves are not able not to sin. They are under compulsion. So they, they are slaves of the devil. They are slaves of sin. So they must sin. But if someone is delivered from the power of sin, they hate sin. They cannot stand sin. They will not excuse sin. They do not justify sin. So it, this is a good opportunity for us to check our lives. You know, when I'm called out for doing something that is wrong, do I justify it? Do I, do I defend myself? Do I excuse myself? It means that if I do that, I love the sin. I'm trying to protect that sin. But if you have been delivered from the power of sin, yes, maybe for some time you may slip into sin, but you are quick to get out. You are quick to repent. You do not justify it. You do not excuse it. That means that you have been delivered. You have been saved from the power of sin. So then the question is, why then do some Christians consider doing the things of the world, liberty in Christ? And and they put in Christ also there. They think that if, if they dress the way they want, they entertain themselves the way they want, then they have liberty. That is liberty in Christ. There's no restriction in Christ. Wow. Obviously, they have not heard of the narrow way. And as we said before, When we talk about holiness or obedience to God's word, they consider it legalistic. They call you names. They say you are a cult. You are deceived. You are in deception. You are being legalistic. You are being in bondage. But the whole definition, in fact, the very definition of salvation means that we have been been set free from the power of sin that we may live in obedience and in holiness. That, 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 that is salvation. I mean, that, un, unless you are talking about something else. But if you are talking about salvation, it is being delivered from the power of sin, from the guilt of sin. That is what the blood of Jesus does for us. So how then can someone who has been delivered from sin enjoy sin and call it liberty? And call holiness and righteousness, which Christ Jesus purchased for us, or gave to us at such a cost to himself you call it bondage wow so sin is liberty obedience is bondage so you you see the difference between Christians so for the saved person obedience is liberty and sin is bondage for the unsaved Christian sin is liberty and obedience is bondage you understand? As part of... Uh-huh, then, then you see why the, the power of God or the power, the gifts of the Holy Spirit is lacking in the church. Because people are not saved from sin. It says, to those who believe, those who are saved, he gives us the authority to do those signs. So if the signs are not present, then there's something about... They believe. The authority to do those signs is part of our salvation. The Bible says that He gave us the power to become the sons of God. Some versions say they're right. But the King James says that the power, there's there's a power associated with being a son of God or being a child of God. But that authority and that power is part of our salvation. It's part of our salvation so much so that those those who are not saved but somehow operate in those power jesus says that he will tell them go away from me i never knew you so the key thing there is salvation salvation the master's instruction and he says proclaim as you go saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand.' heal the sick raise the dead cleanse lepers cast out demons you received without paying give without pay acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belt now you look at this one and you you, you look at the prosperity preachers then you wonder who sent them you wonder who sent them I'm not saying that pastors should be poor or should be beggars but some of them have so many mansions some of them have so many aircrafts what for So many cars. And meanwhile, after all those things, the the people they are looking after are not yet saved. Are not yet saved. The message is all about the kingdom of heaven. So, when you are born into this world, you are born into the kingdom of darkness. In fact, unless you accept Jesus Christ, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So, our default kingdom... Is the kingdom of darkness. And Jesus said that, Offer them the alternative kingdom. Open to them the gates of the kingdom of heaven. Invite them to enter. Ask them to renounce the other kingdom. And tell them the, king, the, gate, the gate will not be open forever. It will soon be shut. It will soon shut. Tell them, Since it is near, It is coming. It will not be long. The gate will soon be shut the gates will soon be shut. So people, after 2,000 years, the time has now come. And in our generation, the gate will be shut. The gate will be shut. In fact, the, the, during the conference in June, we hear from the Lord himself how close we are. The gate is about to be shut. Matthew 10:8. Preaching the gospel includes healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing lepers, and casting out demons. They are all part of the same command. You cannot preach the gospel and not cast out demons. The power needed in the conversion of a sinner is the same power that can raise the dead. So you see that we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot. The same, you see, if you believe, if you believe that when you preach the gospel the word of God has the power to change a person. Then you must also believe that when you pray for somebody, the same God has the power to heal the person. When he talks about healing, there is that particular aspect of healing that we are interested in in this discussion. Salvation includes healing the destructive effects of sin. Because if that does not happen, The people will still be under the power of the devil and sin if the gospel does not allow us to cast out demons then people will still be under the power of demons and sin there will be no salvation so there is no salvation without without the power of god so you can see that some people have been converted without the power of god that is why they are still under the power of sin that is why they are still not at this hour When the Messiah is coming, even there are some Christians, you tell them about the rapture. They don't want to hear about it. And in fact, many people do not even know that it is that close. Wow. Wow. That is serious. When Jesus gave that command, he was essentially saying that when they come into the kingdom, clean them up and heal their wounds. Remove every trace or evidence of sin. The past must be truly gone and the new must be real. Wow, He was also saying, the power to heal the sick has been given to us not because we are worthy, but it is for us to preach the gospel. Freely have we been given. We have received without paying, not because we could pay for it, not because we we earned it, but it is necessary for the preaching of the gospel. We are warned not to use it to acquire wealth or for personal gain or benefit. We cannot sell or boast about the power of God. We cannot sell or boast about the power of God. So you can see that there are so many things that we can do that will undermine the power of God to clean us up, to save us, to heal us, and prepare us for the kingdom of God. So, so I, I don't know, but I travel around, I, I engage with pastors, And some of them are just clueless. No idea about the coming kingdom of God. Totally ignorant. Oblivious. You wonder what happened. May the Lord have mercy on us. In fact, you and I, we have a lot of work to do. In fact, if we we understand what we are talking about, every week we should bring somebody new. We should be able to tell somebody that time is over. Time is over, I've got three minutes, there's heaps to go, what about if we use the rest of the time for questions, maybe some other time will continue. Okay any question please, it's been full on so maybe people need a few seconds to reflect and then the questions will flow, yes uh, Janine.
0: Praise the Lord. Sinai Bishop, you mentioned um, it then becomes a matter of a will to sin. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that,
1: please? People, when God says that you are saved, it means that he has finished the work of sin in our lives. In fact, as I said yesterday, we were looking at, can we open to First John chapter 3? Okay, so somebody please read for us. First John chapter 3, verse 1, going down. So the question was, I said that it becomes a matter of the will because we have the ability not to sin. So when we sin, it's not because we are unable to help ourselves back to sin, but it's because we have decided that we want to sin. Yes, somebody please read it for us.
2: <laughs> Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Just yes. verse one.
1: No, continue. But 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 the, the key the key issue there is that we should be called the children of God. So keep that in mind. Because down there, the Bible says that. So the children of God uh, belong to God, or they are of God. And he says that those who sin are of the devil. So he's, he's making a point, he's establishing a point by differentiating between the children of God and the children of the devil. And the key differentiating point is sin.
2: Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself, just as He is pure. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And we know that he was manifested to take away our sins.
1: He was he was manifested to take away. You see, the reason why Jesus came is what we were talking about. To save us from sin. To, to save us from the power of sin. And when we are talking about sin, there are three dimensions of sin: the power, the guilt, and the future penalty. And Jesus has taken care of that for us. You see. And and look at it also in this way: if you sin, you become guilty of sin, and if you are guilty of sin, you, you are subject to condemnation. And if you are subject to condemnation, it means that you will die. So you cannot be a Christian. The moment you sin, you 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 you, are, you become guilty. You see. So in 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 saving us, the present power of sin that makes us sin is destroyed. It. Our future interaction with sin, that makes us guilty of past sins. He has dealt with it by his blood. And because we are no longer guilty of sin in the rapture or in in eternity, we will not be subject to the penalty of sin. But if we go back to sin, then we become guilty again. And if we do not repent, it doesn't matter whether we have received Christ Jesus or not. You sin, you are guilty before the Lord. That, that, that is the law of sin and death. So it's the reason why he was revealed. The reason why he came was to take away sin. To save us from sin. And continue.
2: And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins. And in him there is no sin.
1: Mm-hmm. What that means, in him there is no sin. It means that those who are in him are the Christians. The believers, the born again. And says that if you are in him, you cannot sin.
2: Whoever abides in him does not sin.
1: D- did you hear that? Whoever abides in him. So apart from believing in him, there is abiding in him. Abiding in him. In fact, that, that one is defined is, is defined in the book of John. What it means to abide in Christ. Do I continue? okay
2: uh whoever abides in him does not sin whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him
1: did you hear that it says if you are in, in habitual sin or if you are in sin then you have not, can you imagine you, you 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 have believed in christ he says you have fallen into sin so far as jesus is concerned you have never known him or seen him you have never wow so so if you sin you have not been born again that is what he's saying yes let no one deceive you Mm -hmm.
2: he who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous.
1: Did you hear that? It says let no one deceive you and he who practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous so if if you are in sin of course you are not practicing righteousness
2: he who sins is of the devil
1: Did you hear that? (laughs) Did you hear that? Uh huh. So, so so you can see why uh, we cannot. Wow. Wow. The Bible is not missing words. It says, He, he who sins is what? Of the devil. Uh-huh. So, 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 so you, you see why he started by. Uh, excuse me. Now you understand why he started by saying that. Behold, what manner of love the Father has loved us. That we should be called the children of God. So we are of God. If you sin, you are of the devil. So if you are a child of God, you cannot sin. Child. Continue. Mm-hmm.
2: He who sins is of the devil, and the devil has sinned from the beginning.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so what that means that it is the nature of the devil to sin, and it is the nature of the children of the devil to sin. Now, if you come to the other side, it is the nature of God to be righteous. And it is the nature of the children of God to be righteous.
2: The son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil.
1: Did you see that? And that is sin. That is sin. Since he came purposely to destroy the power of sin. To take away the guilt of sin. And to save us from the penalty of sin yet to come. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm
2: whoever has been born of god does not sin
1: for his seed remains in him did you hear that says whoever has been born of god does not sin so you can see so when god says that someone is born again this is one of the things he means so there's nothing like a christian who's going around telling lies about people. There's nothing like a Christian who is going about gossiping, slandering. There's nothing like a Christian who has a girlfriend, who has a boyfriend, you know. There's nothing like a Christian who is cheating other people for their money or whatever. There's nothing like that. It says if you are born of God, you do not sin. If you are born of the devil, then you sin.
2: For his seed remains in him.
1: Uh-huh. so there is essentially what that means is that the spirit of God is in you uh-huh. so, so, and you cannot sin so, so can you wait Be- because you are born of God the spirit of God is in you there is something of God that is in you that makes you hate sin that makes you in fact, not attracted to sin that makes you not want to sin but if you are of the devil there is something of the devil in you that makes you enjoy sin so 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 the issue of sin now becomes the dis- differentiating factor between the children of God and the children of the devil so you can it says there is something in you that makes see. you, you not to sin the seed of God more. abides in you which means that The spirit in you does not sin. So for you to sin, you must override that principle or the seed of God that is in you. You must exercise your will to sin. Your nature or our nature is such that we don't like sin. The devil's nature and the children of the devil, their nature is to sin. But the children of God, as we have just read, it says, if you are born of God, If you are a dog you don't eat grass if you are a cow you don't eat bones that is what it means that is what it means you never you never see any cow attracted to a bone never you never see any dog attracted to grass now but you put a bone there with no meat on it the dog will enjoy it for a long time Yes, continue. In,
2: in this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest.
1: Did you hear that? See, so This is where the differentiation comes in. Mm-hmm.
2: Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother.
1: Wow. Wow says if you do not practice righteousness then you are not of God i mean the judgment is finished already says if you sin if, you, if if and it doesn't matter what the sin is if you are sinning you are not practicing righteousness if you come angry suki, whatever complaining grumbling murmuring whatever you are not of God because you are not practicing righteousness. It's as simple, it's very clear, as clear as daylight. As clear as daylight. Is your question answered? So there is something in you that makes you able not to sin. So for you to sin, you must override that. You, 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 You have to choose to sin. For us to be angry, for us to be, I mean, do any sin at all, we, in fact we have been taken back to the time of Adam Adam. We, we have to want to sin, to sin we have to want to reject the word of God to, 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 to disobey Wow! in fact, to, to be a Christian in the eyes of God is a serious thing you, you have been born again you have been born again yes
0: we we don't sin but wasn't jesus the only perfect man wouldn't we have to be perfect as well to be without sin
1: ah let's look at the scriptures let's look at the scriptures can somebody please open A number of scriptures. The first one is Second Corinthians seven one. Then somebody opened to I think First Thessalonians three thirteen. So when we are born again, the Bible says that we are babes in Christ. But it says that we should cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. In fact, the King James put it in a very nice way. He says, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Essentially, what that means is that even holiness there are great. The thing is this, if you have the righteousness of Christ, then you must be righteous. And the righteousness of Christ is perfect righteousness. You see, we have been taught... Well, let, let's go to 1 Thessalonians, I think it's 13, 313. Yes, 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 yes. It says... Okay, let me see whether the 12 gives us something. 12 to 13. Is there? Yep. It says, blameless in holiness. Before our God the Father. At the coming. So before he comes, we must be blameless in holiness. Yeah. Okay. You see, uh, what's, what's your name, please? Yvonne. Yvonne. Mm-hmm. Yvonne you see, God... When, when, when the Lord says that you are born again, in fact, we, we are supposed to be transformed by the renewal of our minds so that we are not people who must sin because we are human beings but we are people who now have it says the seed of God abides in you we now have something that is, enable, that is able to make us mature in the Lord you understand and, and that is what the teachings are supposed to do
0: hand uh-huh.
1: yeah. I, I do see it now you do it, see it now Yes.
0: Yeah, so that one with the
1: seed yeah. mm-hmm. was that where was, was that the seed the 1st John 3 yeah, sorry the 1st the John 3 is it uh, 9 or yeah 1st John 3 verse yeah. 6 verse 6 the seed does not because the seed of God yeah. verse nine yeah is uh-huh. it, it now uh uh-huh. so so it, it's it's not we who are trying to be holy, but it's because God has given us the new birth yeah yeah mm-hmm. So if we, if we are what God has made, then we are able not to sin. Yeah, awesome. mm-hmm. yeah, thank you. Yeah. Any other question? Yes.
0: You had spoken about um, the eternal law and referring to the two, two outcomes of sin. Mm one being death of the guilty sinner, which Mm. is the physical and spiritual, Mm. and the death of an innocent
1: substitute. Mm. What does the death
0: of an innocent substitute mean? And what does that refer to?
1: So, though we had sinned against God, God wanted to save us. But He cannot save us without punishing the sin. So, someone, in fact, for the sin that I have committed there must be death no two ways about it either I die for my sins or somebody dies for me and the person who can die to save me must be innocent because it is the blood the the Bible says that without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin and that blood must be holy to save me uh-huh. It must be pure forgiveness of sin. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, sin must exact death. I mean, somebody, okay, sin brings death, period. So either I die for my sin or Jesus dies for my sin. Any other question? Okay. Just if there's no other question, I'll just summarize and yes. No. Oh yes, 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 yes.
0: If you can,
1: um,
0: a bit more about that as
1: well? let's go to the scriptures. Um, the Bible call it uh, in in some versions it call high handedness, high handedness. Um, wow, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to remember. It was in the context of the atonement for sin. And it says that Let me look for it. Numbers 15 27 to 30. And which is in the New Testament is the Hebrews 10 26 to 29. Yeah.
0: Verse 27, if one individual commits an unintentional sin, the guilty person must bring a one-year-old female goat for a sin offering. 28, the priest will sacrifice it to purify the guilty person before the Lord, and that person will be forgiven. 29, these same instructions apply both to native-born Israelites and to the foreigners living among you. 30. 30 those who brazenly violate the Lord's will, whether native-born Israelites or foreigners, have blasphemed the Lord, and they must be cut off from the community.
1: Hmm. So the, the New Testament version of that is the Hebrews 1026 to. Uh, can you read that one too? Hebrews 10, 26-29.
0: Continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. 27. There is only the terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. 28. For anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Twenty nine. Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant which made us holy as if it were common and unholy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us.
1: So, so there you uh, can see that it's applied in the New t- Old Testament in applies in the o- uh, New Testament. So, Yvonne. What as I, as I said before, these are some of the things that we should have been fed with the pure spiritual milk. Then, event, eventually, our understanding, our minds, our hearts would have been separated from sin completely and totally. As we come to realize that, he says, the Father has loved us, he has made us his children. Then, as children of God, we must be different from the children of the devil. Sin makes a man or a a woman a child of the devil. And no one who understands these things very well would want to sin. Mm -hmm. The devil cannot deceive us if we, we, we are informed. He says, Because of lack of knowledge, my people perish. And the enemy has come in and has twisted even grace, the love of God. He has twisted it to make it that well because of grace you can sin and but the grace of god brings the righteousness of god and that righteousness is not that i have stopped sinning but it's because i have been changed inside there's a seed of god that must grow and mature and bear the fruit of the spirit and that seed must be fed with the word of god And by the help of the Holy Spirit, it will mature and bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. And that fruit of the Spirit is the holiness and the righteousness of Christ that is then manifested in me, in my life. So that that is why it is possible for us not to sin. It is possible for... Essentially, when you go to Romans chapter 6, 16 to 22... The Bible says that. The Bible says that. When we obey, we become. It says obedience leads to righteousness, and righteousness leads to holiness, and holiness leads to eternal life. Mm-hmm. So and, and Jesus said it. It says teach them to obey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, that's it, that is what has been lacking in, in the church the teachings that enables us to be to obey the Lord Mm -hmm. I think it is nine o'clock and I don't want to hold you here for too long I will do my best to get the Bible study outline based on this one to you by next week let's pray The scripture is very clear. It says those who will enter into eternity with God must have been saved, must must have been healed of all the wounds of sin. We could not get to that today. But there are wounds of sin manifesting in various ways. They manifest in the way we we relate to the things of the world, the way we seek the things of the, world, of the world the way we gather them the way the importance we attach to them the wounds of sin manifest in our behavior the way we manifest the works of the flesh the, sins, the wounds of sin manifest in our attitude towards God you know and the Bible says that we must be healed we must be healed of those ones as, as uh, the few scriptures that we read it says perfecting holiness in the fear of God it says that, that we will be blameless in holiness before God at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ that is the standard that the Lord has set for us let us go before the Lord you have heard, I have heard what the Lord is asking us to do blameless in holiness before God not before me not before yourself not according to your own standard not according to my standard but according to God's standard at the coming of the Lord otherwise we will be in big trouble let us pray commit yourself into the hands of the Lord he alone can help us his word has come it has power to accomplish his purpose in our lives so as the Lord As the Lord, as the Lord to heal us. Since the summer is ended, the harvest is is ended, the summer is past, but we are not healed. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? The physician, the great physician is at work. The great physician is at work. He's at work right now. The balm of Gilead, the blood of Jesus, is available tonight. Just cry out to him. No pretense, nothing say Jesus I'm a sinner I've got some wounds of sin in my life please heal me please apply the balm the balm of the cross the blood that you shed for my sins please have mercy upon us Lord mighty father we come to you we have heard your word and we fall short of your word because there must be no wound of sin in our lives at this hour. But Father, we take hope in your word that your word that has come has sufficient grace, sufficient power, sufficient enablement to cleanse us, to heal us, and to save us. We submit, Father, to your word, to every power and authority in your word. We submit to the spirit of your word. We submit, Father, to the grace that you have released in your word. And we ask this, Father, heal us, O Lord. You are our only healer. You are our only deliverer, our only savior. Have mercy upon us. Father, we have come to you, the living God. Please let us live here as people who have met you, the living God, the only one able to transform us and help us to grow into your holiness help us to perfect our holiness help us to be blameless in holiness in your sight in jesus mighty name we ask this also for the rest of the church for our families our friends our neighbors that father you may have mercy upon this nation and even as you are visiting father you will visit with revival you'll visit with mercy in jesus mighty name we pray with thanksgiving amen Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you his peace. Amen. Hallelujah.
0: Amen. Glory be to our Lord Jesus Christ for bringing us the realization of the evidence of Bible salvation. Many things have been exposed to us and what is required of us to be saved. It is now time for us to do our part by deciding to obey him and he will help us. Please come fellowship with us to hear more of this teaching by visiting our website at www.messianicministriesinc.org to locate our various altars across Australia. Or call us on 0430 041 735. You can also listen to this teaching on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In Radio, or on eternitypodcast.com. Stay tuned for more teachings, keep seeking the Lord, and bye for now.